Hello. Welcome back. It's all the seven seventy-seven creative chit chat, and it's the last, the last episode of twenty eighteen. And it's with Sam Baxter. Um, Sam is an artist, and she also runs the project Funaday Dundee. So we go into that. Um, I say one of the things I didn't realise is so I heard of Funaday and seen some stuff going on. Um, but I didn't realise it's the only one in the UK. Um, originally it started in America and it was brought over by a student at DJ CAD um, and Sam has now ended up taking that on and, and running it and has built it to, I think she said there was 70 people last year, uh, which is crazy and I think she's expecting even more this year. Um, the concept being that you do one thing a day for the 31 days of January, it can be anything, anything that you feel is creative. Um, from drawing, painting, making faces in your cereal to doing video art to creating physical products to absolutely anything. It's a fantastic project and I think we see this in the episode but it makes art in particular very accessible um, and then also you get to exhibit that work if you so choose which I would recommend you definitely do um, at Wasps in March um, and Sam's got this sort of amazing format like, um, that she's been building on year after year and yeah she's really listening to the community and doing some amazing things with it and we, we go into all that as well as um, Sam's backstory and everything else but I just felt it'd be great to have her on to talk about this right at the end of the year um, for the podcast because it'll give you something to look forward to and give you some impetus to get started in 2019 um, so I'd absolutely urge you to get involved um, yeah give fun a day a go don't bother with like New Year's resolutions you'll never keep. Just do something creative for the first 31 days of 2019. But yeah, um, before we go into the episode, I've got a couple of things to plug, as it's the very last one of 2018. Um, once again, uh, dundeedesignfestival.com, we are needing your input um, for the 2019 festival. We want to know... What would make your city more livable? And what would make your city more lovable? Um, so we want the answers to those two questions. Um, there's only a couple of weeks left on this um, for this call. And what we'll do is we're going to gather all this information, this data, the stories, thoughts, everything from here. Um, and that's going to be used to inform the 2019 festival. So please, this is your chance. Go and tell us what would make your city more livable and what would make your city more lovable. And those could be teeny tiny little things or they could be big city changes or social issues or anything that you feel that you would like to change about your city. And it's not Dundee specific, so this is a call out to the entire world, anyone out there. I mean, you don't even really have to live in a city. It's just the name. So go and tell us. Do it just now. DundeeDesignFestival.com. Get it done. This will be the last time, apart from the outro, second last time. I'm going to remind you to do it. Okay, so the last thing I'm going to plug, I suppose, um, is another podcast. So I've probably mentioned this before, um, I run another podcast called No Opinion. Um, there's a couple of episodes coming out next week. Um, it's almost as if I planned it, one podcast finishes and another one releases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, it's a much more design-focused podcast and the first episode that's coming out will be 
a bit of a reflection on the V&A launch event, um, the work that uh, us, so Agency of None, and Biome Collective, that the, it'll be us chatting about that project, how it worked, what worked, what didn't, what we found difficult. Um, yeah, and the, the whole, the project as a whole and how that all came together, um, which is a, a sort of a fascinating insight into the behind the scenes of what actually happened. Um, and then that conversation moved on to sort of, a, a bit of a debate, a bit of a heated conversation around the difference between art and design. Um, so we decided to split that out into a second episode. So you, there's going to be two episodes coming out next week. Um, one centred around the V&A project and one centred around the concept of art versus design and where the line is between that and if there is one and if it's blurred. And ah, yeah, really interesting um, sort of topic and conversation. And we've got Beth Bate from DCA involved in that as well. So yeah, an exciting couple of episodes coming out and that's called No Opinion, if you're interested. Um, or if you follow at Agency of None, um, you'll find that podcast on there and it'll get put out once it's released. But yeah, um, that's it. Let's get into the last episode of 2018. I keep saying that, I don't know. Um, yeah, this is number 77 and this is with Sam Baxter. Um I've always been interested in art, um, but probably where it kind of started to pick up and change was at university um, at Duncan Johnson, DJ CAD. Um, I, when I went to first year general foundation, I was blown away by the idea that you can make more art than just drawing. Um, in high school, it was all focused on, you know, flat work. Um, drawing analytically, you know, not being that creative. Um, so I'd never sculpted before or tried anything, you know, that was out of my comfort zone. So going up to Duncan and Johnson was really exciting, um, getting creative. And then that's how I got into plant sculpture. Um, before I went to university, I would never have thought that I would have been <laughs> sculpting huge pieces out of dried plant material. Um, but the tutors there were really um, encouraging and kind of got you to think and focus about what where your interests were. Um, I've always lived in the countryside, so I guess that's why um, I worked with plants because I've just naturally inspired by them. Um, so yeah, I created a lot of sculpture work there, and I think that's what a lot of people might know me from, especially friends from university. Um, creating um, one of the pieces was throwing mud at a wall. So I made a big square um, framed mud piece. Um, and then I got to exhibit that at the RSA um, at Edinburgh. Um, that was the new contemporaries. Um, so that was kind of the image of me, I guess, for a while. And then moving on from graduating, I did get um, an art studio um, with two two students in Dundee. So was that always the, the, the plan? So that, that when it came to the end of university, mm -hmm. it was just, I'm, I'm just going to become oh, yeah. an artist. That's yes. There was nothing else. Yeah, was... actually. Yeah, that was always my thought. Um, I'd always imagined what I was going to do. And I was like, I will be an artist. I will create artwork and I will exhibit it. Um, and my partner, um, now husband, he always said to me, you know, but what else is there? Like, he, he would always encourage me to kind of think about my future in a more definite way. But I, it was always still make art, exhibit art. There wasn't more to it. And so I went about um, kind of creating a studio 
and I did struggle for a while to make plant art. Obviously, the change of space wasn't right for the way that I'd got used to working at university. Um, I'd picked up things like photography. I'd never drawn and I'd never painted at university. Um, whereas now a lot of people know me for my drawings and paintings. That's I'm heavily into that now. Um, but yeah, so I did struggle a while in that studio. Um, I was able to make work for exhibitions, but it did feel really pushed and strained. So, so what was it about that? that well, where was the space and what was it about it that sort of mm. gave, that, gave those restrictions? It was beside Wasps Art Studios. Okay. Um, it was one of the rented spaces. It was concrete and cold. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess maybe even the conditions um, in basic terms were a bit uncomfortable, but I think it's because I wasn't being honest with myself about what I wanted to create. I'd obviously moved past plant sculpture and not really, <laughs> not really accepted it. And because I had created this, these big pieces, and I do love them and I still love them, and because I had made them through, I must have been focusing on them through the three, two, three years at university. And then I had them as, you know, the exhibition at the RSA. Um, and then I felt like I had to kind of keep continuing to make work just like it. So there was that pressure that I put on myself. And so I obviously completely hindered, hindered my creative output, I guess, for a year or so. Because um, you said there was you and another two artists oh, yeah. mm -hmm. who went into that space. Mm -hmm. But um, so at the point of, of graduating, I mean, so it was fine art that you, you mm -hmm. ended up graduating yes. from. Um, was was that the majority, the path for people who came out of that course was to go and become artists in their own right? Or Yeah, I guess so, actually. Yeah, that seemed to be where most people were going. And um, no one really talked about um, art management, public arts, teaching, it was all very, well, the, the students I surrounded myself with in fine art, we were all very <laughs> about ourselves and, you know, our creative outputs and the work we have. So um, it, it was probably quite self-centred, the kind of um, view we had for um, our art. Um, but the two, the stu two students, Callum and Fraser Burnley, um, their work was, they, they were still making great work and it was really inspiring to see. So the times when I'd come in and they'd be working, it would energise me. Um, but yeah, no, moving on from that, I, was, I had to, yeah, I had to get out of that box I put myself in. So what did you do? Um, I did leave, oh, I left that studio space because um, I got a house with, um, still rented, it was a rented house with my partner and it had a spare room. So I decided to use that as a studio space. And everyone had always said to me for university that a home studio is the worst idea because you don't create. Whereas it was the complete opposite. Once I got a home studio, um, I began making more and more work, um, being more inspired. Um, you would just, you know, you'd walk out of bed, just walk into the studio and start making or half nine at night, you decided that you wanted to do something, kind of get an idea down, you walk into the studio. Um, so it was cutting out that half hour drive that I would usually do to get to my creative space. Um, and then I kind of, uh, by then I would began it in, it was Funaday Dundee that I'd heard about at university, because um, it was Morgan Cam, she was a student, and she brought it over from America. Um, so I heard about it there, and then by the time I was leaving 
my studio space um, by wasps was when I took part in Fun A Day. So when, if we go back to the, mm-hmm. the, the very start of, of Fun A Day, do you mm-hmm. know what year it started? Um, in Dundee. It was no, th- in, oh. in, so in America. Or oh, I think it's, America. it's possibly been around America before it came to Dundee. It came to Dundee in 2011. It could okay. have been about three, four years it might have been going on Okay. Um, in America. So it was like Philadelphia is the biggest place for it in Boston. Um, and yeah, so once I took part um, in Fun A Day, then following um, that project, I, that's when I was really getting creative because um, that gave me a good burst of creativity and motivation in the studio. And then because it was a home studio, the environment was better. And then my work began to develop into painting and then drawing. Um, and then the following year, that's when I helped um, the organiser. It was two organisers. Um, and it became one and she needed help. So I decided to help her. And then I fell in love with <laughs> Funity and, you know, running public art and um, a art exhibition and an art project. And I started doing, um, well, I started running that project. And the following year, I, it was by myself. Um, the other organiser decided to move on. Um, so I began running Fun A Day. Um, it's been three years I've done it by myself. And if you'd asked me when I was in um, university if I would be running something like that, I just, no, there's no way. I'd never thought that I would enjoy working with public so much. Um, and I'd never thought I would have the ability and the skills and to be able to develop the skills to, you know, organise 70 odd people online <laughs> and then organize them to you know come in hand in the work and hang an exhibition filled with 60 odd people so um it's been a big change since um my days from high school where i was just drawing on paper and <laughs> had no idea what you know how art could change and um what i could do with my interests in art yeah so if we say someone's never heard of Fun mm-hmm. Day, doesn't yes. understand the concept, how mm-hmm. how do you describe it? Fun Day, Dundee, especially Fun Day Dundee, um, because all the different Fun Days are different. But it is a community project where um, people strive to do something fun each day in January. Um, so it takes it takes place every year. Um, you do your fun activity it could be it could even be making the bed it could be um creating a funny face in your bowl of cereal every morning um photography drawing um going for a walk in a new place every day these simple little things but as long as it's fun to you um and everyone does their fun project slash activity each day and they document it um most people share um, their projects each day online on social media, so Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram. Um, past year, Instagram's been the biggest platform. And once you know, the kind of a community is created through all of these people sharing their work, talking about it, um, even supporting each other, you know, retweeting, etc. Um, and then following, once it's the end of January. Um, an exhibition is held and it's open to everyone who took part 
and you get to exhibit anything you've created to the public. Um, and it is, it's open to everyone, absolutely anyone. You don't have to be an artist. You don't have to have had created before. If you think you can't, a lot of people say to me, I can't draw anything. If a stick man is the furthest I can go. I'm like, well, good, do stick men. <laughs> or do just, it doesn't even have to be what you'd expect art to be. Um, a lot of people do videos or blogs, vlogs, things like that. So it can be anything <laughs> that you feel is, is creative or that, that you get something from. Mm-hmm. And it's about that the sort of repetitive practice of doing it every day for yes. for a month. So is it f- runs from the 1st of January to the 31st? Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And then the exhibition um, was usually in February, the following month, um, but now it's in March. Okay. Um, and that actual date is to be decided this year still. So. <laughs> so why is that? Why did you push that out? Is it just to give you more breathing space to get everything organised? Yes, the the numbers each year are increasing over and over again. Um, when I first started, it was 30, 40 mark. Um, but last year, we had um, over 70 people showing interest and taking part online. And it was around 60 who exhibited. And the exhibition takes place at Wasps Art Studios, at the exhibition space on the top floor. And it, all the walls were covered. <laughs> so I even had to expand the artwork out into the hallways uh, last year. Um, there's still, don't get me wrong, there's still space. Um, the exhibition isn't highbrow. It's not, I wouldn't say it's your typical art exhibition. A lot of the participants who take part are a bit scared about the exhibition, which is completely understandable. I mean, when I was a student, I was scared to exhibit any work. I mean, I used to get... Um, tutor saying to me you know generator you know they'd have an exhibition and I was too scared to ever exhibit to generator um whereas these days I'm I would apply myself to anything because my confidence has grown um but no that the exhibition is it's meant to be fun it's meant to be the embodiment of what the project project is um it's about our community and anyone you know getting together um so how much of that do you curate um, and how much is driven by the, the, the people bringing their, their 30, was it 31? Well, yeah, things. some people do 31 individual pieces. Mm. Others will have kind of like a wee collection or just one piece. Um, but I will, um, I can, most of it, I do, when people come in to deliver their work, um, I do try and give them a choice and get them involved. Um, a lot of the time I'll say, where do you want to go? Especially if they've come in first and we've got two rooms and a hallway. Um, and unless it's a particular type of work that I feel would be best in a certain space. Um, and even on some occasions, um, especially um, artists who are officially artists and have experience, they'll be happy to hang their own work. Um, but yeah, most of the time it's, it's hanging all of it. Um, and running around, <laughs> and yeah, I'm a bit manic during the <laughs> the exhibition process, um, but it's it's a lot of fun because I get to chat and just chat with all the different people and the different artists that come around. Um, it's always really interesting to meet um, the participants who don't usually make art, and especially um, David Kendall. He he's been coming back. Um, I think two or three times he's taken part, but when he first took part, he said, oh, I'm not an artist. There's, you know, kind of making excuses for the work he made. I don't make excuses. 
this this is great work and this is obviously something you've enjoyed doing there's no reason why we're not putting this in the exhibition so he's he's definitely um, shown big improvement taking part each year and last year he had um, interactive um, boxes um, it was all it was all uh, material he got from his work that was going to be thrown out so it was about recycling in a way um, but you were encouraged to go through 31 boxes, open them up, have a look inside, play with them, shake them. Um, so, yeah, it's really fun seeing people like that make work. And you're seeing that, that sort of progression as well mm-hmm. over the yeah. years and people coming back to it and finding it so valuable that they want to do it again and again. Yeah, that's yeah. it, it just fills my heart up. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, yeah, it's quite cringy seeing things like that, but I feel, yeah, I feel very happy and... Um, satisfied and yeah during the whole project seeing people make work that they wouldn't expect themselves to make and put it on show to the public it's yeah oh and even bring their family and friends you know they'll bring them in during the day and you know show off their work it's nice I, f- I feel proud in a way um, but yeah no, it's lovely yeah, I mean mm-hmm. you're, you're making um, art and exhibit and much more accessible mm-hmm. um, yes. and as you say like giving people confidence in, in the things that they produce and create mm-hmm. yeah. um, which is amazing and one of the things that's come up a few times with different people on the podcast is about um, the accessibility of, of public art and design spaces in the city um, especially with we've got DCA we've got mm. V&A we've got McManus there's, there's lots of different spaces that you can go in and potentially enjoy but that the environments that are created can be alienating to a lot of people. Um, so I wanted to get your perspective on how do we make those spaces um, feel more accessible and more open and more inviting to people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're definitely right. I mean, that might be part of the reason why I push Fun A Day to be so accessible because of my experience from it. And I guess maybe terminology, the way things are worded, um, I'm not sure. I feel like if there was more um, honest, open interaction um, or open days, or I think a lot does need to be done about making art more accessible um, to people who who don't usually make art. A lot of people tend to have the wrong idea about what it is to be an artist as well. Um, I'll usually I find it quite silly sometimes saying I'm an artist. Uh, <laughs> Because um, it can often be led with, oh, okay, so do you make a living off art? Um, and a lot, as a lot of <laughs> artists and creative types know, it's quite hard to get the balance right. So I feel like I feel like a lot of work needs to be done, but I'm not sure exactly how certain places would go about it. Um, but I think being as engaging as possible um, and creating a comfortable environment. Um, in fact, one good point is few people um, have said Fun A Day should be, the exhibition should be somewhere big, somewhere more official, such as the DCA. And um, I create a lot of Google surveys to kind of get feedback from participants and visitors to know which direction to con- continue taking Fun A Day in. And the uh, majority of people do not like the idea of making the exhibition somewhere official, like the DC and the V&A, because then it becomes something that feels out of their reach. Okay. Um, they like the 
environment that wasps has because it's well it's a creative building it's it's where people make and create every day and the exhibition space is lovely it's nice white and bright as a typical exhibition space would be but at the same time I guess the status that buildings like the DC have is quite scary to people and they said that they would probably not exhibit if they know if they knew that that's where it would be so maybe <laughs> maybe these places just have to change the kind of appearance that they give off yeah mm-hmm. just to, to go back to something that you you just said and I didn't want to interrupt your flow there but I mean what in your opinion is like what makes an artist I think if you make anything, anything creative, if you make art, you're an artist. I don't think people should be scared to say they're an artist because they don't have a good degree or because they've never exhibited before. You're still an artist because you make art. Um, It's quite good these days because people can share their work across the world with a touch of a button on their phone. Um, In fact, I, I find it really inspiring being able to see all the different makers um, through Instagram because it's just images it's quite handy that way um, but no I started calling myself an artist when I went to Duncan and Johnson um, I just thought well I'm an artist now because I've decided that's the career path I'm taking that's who I am I love to create no matter what so yeah no an artist is someone who makes end of story <laughs> So what are some of the most, like you obviously talked about the boxes that, that David made, mm-hmm. um, but what are some of the really nice little things that have come out of, of Fun of Day that people have contributed? Um, the ones that always come to mind recently for me are um, art that families have made together. Um, we've had participants from all ages. We've had zero, zero years to, some people aren't that honest with their age, so maybe <laughs> 70-ish. Um, could be above 70 but and all occupations um, and backgrounds so um, one one wee girl um, Sadie um, her and her mum always take part and um, Sadie's she's a lovely lovely wee girl and um, she's always very official when she comes in with her work um, she had a little suitcase last year and she's like this is what I've done this year she laid it all out you know she went through the story of her process and it was um, we felt it drawings that she did and she cut them out and sewed them together Um, and we hung them at a height where she would see them as well and um, another family did the cereal where they had their breakfast and made faces out of fruit and (laughs) Cheerios and things like that Um, and that's I think to me that's what I love to see most Um, it's great seeing like artwork you know typical artwork like prints and photography things like that but at the same time, it's so good to see your typical artwork alongside work like that, which is completely and obviously fun, combined in the same space. Um, so yeah, with the wee, wee family work is lovely. Um, and the z- age zero, which I mentioned, um, that was someone um, I know locally where I stay. Um, and she had an infant and her wee son, and she got them to um, put their fingers in paint and dab do finger painting, and she would draw around the fingerprints and create images. Um, so, yeah, um, a lot of ages. Yeah, it was, it's really good to see what people come up with, and it's always different. 
I mean, the last year was vastly craft and fabric um, and we we hadn't seen much of that before. There was a lot of crochet um, and knitting and felting. And in fact, um, this morning I was going through the participant list from last year and there's just so much, so many different skills and so many different mediums. Um, it's, it's, it's actually hard to remember them all. I mean, we even had video for the first time last year um, and there was even animation shorts. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a really good collective, eclectic mix of work. Yeah, that fun a day produces. And that, I mean, talking about that, I mean, there there are so many, so many things to then organise and put together. So I mean, it sounds like a lot of a lot of effort, a lot of work. So how how is this project supported, like financially? How how does that work? Um, it's it's always been it's just been me volunteering, and um, cost wise, um, it's always been limited, um, because I do end up putting quite a bit of my own money into it, um, but we do have donations box on op- on open night and throughout the exhibition and one year um, we also did a GoFundMe um, but at the moment we do um, our application has been reviewed to see if we could get funding um, official funding for this year coming so fingers crossed because um, if we get that then you know we'd be able to have um, you know we'd be able to pay um, the entertainment that we usually have on opening night um, um, we'd be able to do things like um, funity logos for volunteers um, I have a team of volunteers this year as well an official team and um, be able to kind of provide general necessary um, well things like refreshments um, and the big thing as well is the um, cost for the space the exhibition space um, in the past um, it, it worked out where it was, you know, Funny Day didn't actually have to pay for the space. Um, but as the years have gone on, um, things change, and we do. Um, and there's even the talks of publications, um, printing posters, there, and even hanging materials. There's quite a lot um, that goes into the exhibition, and there's a lot that I want to add on. And it's better, <laughs> obviously, to have funding and that support and this year as well there will be um, art workshops and that's my angle to try and get the visitors who come to get creative immediately and get involved and make it more relaxed so they're not just coming and viewing and looking at art they will see the art and then they'll be able to make art at the same time um, so in order to expand Funaday it absolutely needs funding um, so that is a high priority and I am working on it so we'll, we'll see <laughs> so where would I mean where would you like to see it go what would be the the ultimate goal for for fun a day in I don't know five ten years time um I would like to see fun a day across the UK um as far as I know it's only Dundee who runs it in the UK okay yeah really that. yes it's just Dundee um so I'd like to see it all across because we have people from Edinburgh and Glasgow and Aberdeen um, who who have taken part and they have exhibited, they've posted their work, I've been able to hang it. and um, But a lot of them will take part and not exhibit because of the distance. Um, so if it could expand and we could see it across, that would be great. 
And also in terms of in Dundee, um, it would be good to have a bigger space, maybe not a scary one that would put off people taking part. Um, but I would like to see it become a very... Uh, something that people would recognise Dundee for. It'd be, you know, if they were thinking about coming here, they'd think, OK, that's where, you know, Fun A Day Dundee started. Um, yeah, it'd be good to expand on it and kind of just see where it goes. I think year to year, I come up with new ideas and people who take part in volunteers, they come up with different ideas as well. Um, there's a whole lot of talking and networking involved and it does, it, it grows naturally. So, but yeah, big ideas, big plans. <laughs> so, I mean, where, if it doesn't exist in the UK, where else in the world does it exist? America, as far as I know, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. It did start in Philadelphia. It was a bunch of artists who were trying to encourage each other to um, focus on a project um, and get it done in January. Um, so that it was a way for them to encourage each other to get their work done. Um, and yes, with it being in Dundee, um, I've obviously expanded it to more than just artists. Um, although I'm sure in America now, a lot of the funny days, they're, they're involving everyone as well. Mm. And so. has there been like any crossover with people like on the other side of the world or like any tie-ins between other fun of days and the Dundee one or no we must do something official actually this year there is um one Instagram platform an account that um I'm sure they're based in America as well but they have been reblogging all of the fun of day organizers all of the work that's been coming in so that it's really nice to actually see one platform um kind of appreciating all the effort that each Fun a Day project has been putting in and sharing it and it's good to see the work that's been made across the pond as well yeah always different mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll come back to, to Fun a Day mm-hmm. at the end to tell people how they can get involved this I say this year but it's next year yeah 2019 <laughs> um, but yeah to go back to this sort of your own practice mm-hmm. or your own um, art so what is it that, aside from Fun a Day what is it you find yourself doing now what is your what is your art practice out with Fun a Day um, I guess my art practice has kind of moved into the commercial side at the moment. Um, I um, This year I created an Etsy account um, and because I've moved into a lot of painting and drawing um, I began um, really putting effort in into commissions and portraits. So a lot of them have been pet portraits. Um, I have been doing these over the years, I have been doing them over the years um, here and there um, but recently, with trying to find ways to sell work, um, it's become quite a big thing. Um, and I do really enjoy doing them. Um, and uh, that kind of moved into um, a more... Something something different and small and different. It was... I came up with um, the mini pet portraits when I had... Um, I still collect some plant material here and there, um, if I see something interesting and I kind of do a bit of sketchbook work but never really leads to anything um, so I had a, a wee slice of wood from a branch and um, I sanded it off um, and wasn't sure what I was going to do with it and then ended up painting painting on it so um, now I do a lot of these mini paintings on wood slices of wood and coat them with varnish and um, turn them into like brooches or magnets, things like that. So that's what a lot of my um, work involves at the moment is these mini, mini paintings. Um, 
and pet portraits as well. Um, but I do have a, a big interest in animals, um, which I guess is why I've been um, <laughs> painting a lot of them. Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm assuming it has some tie to do with nature, <laughs> where it's coming from. But And I have made an attempt to paint and draw people recently. Um, a lot of people keep saying to me, oh, you know, why, why are you not drawing people? You're really great at art. You should draw people. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I truly am. Uh, it's just not working out. But I guess you, um, what you're naturally good at and what you have an interest in, you'll put more more effort into it. But I obviously don't have much of an interest. I'm enjoying people, which is why that's not happening. So how do you make it work in a this sort of commercial sense? Hmm. A lot of um, selling yourself. Um, I did um, a wee interview for a local um, newsletter recently that was giving advice to um, young people about careers. Um, and a big part of making it an art industry is selling yourself um, and being friendly and knowing how to sell yourself as well. So you have to be honest with who you are and what you make and what you enjoy making. Um, and yeah, a lot... my. Being able to get good sales, um, I guess it has been mainly on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I've made many portraits, um, sorry, many flyers before, um, and that's helped with um, local communities where um, people do know me, and that's another incentive for them to actually order um, some work is if they they half know me, because I guess it's more of um, makes them feel more comfortable. You know, it's not a random artist. Um, so there's a lot of your work coming as, as commissions. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it is commissions. Um, and because Etsy is still new to me, I joined the Dundee Etsy team, which has cropped up. Um, and that's by Jilly, uh, Jilly Jilly Designs. Um, she's doing a really good job of organising it. She has um, Spliff Designs as well, um, helping her. And they've... They've done a really good job at helping and sharing their knowledge about selling yourself and your work. Um, they do a lot of um, workshops and social social meetups. Um, and you can, if you're selling, if you have a shop on Etsy, or if you want to have a shop on Etsy, you can go to all of these meetups. Um, a lot of it's organised through the Facebook page they have. Um, and that's helped me um, sell a lot of my work, especially the mini portraits. Um, the advice I've had from other sellers and from, you know, the coordinators, they've, yeah, it's been very precious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because I feel like at university, you, I, I don't even know if I had any advice on how to sell my work, sell myself, do anything in the art business. Um, it was all about creating, which was very valuable. Um I did learn how to work through a process of making art, how to develop a project. Um, I did learn a lot of important skills, but nothing about how to make yourself. And I feel like a lot of it has been through knowing the right people and engaging with the public, which has been great for me because it's led on to um, running for a day, which is something I enjoy doing. Um, but certainly at first I had no idea what to do. and. I think it was while I was in my last few weeks of fourth year at university before I graduated, I um, went to the Botanic Gardens in Dundee 
um, and was looking at the exhibition. They've got a small wee exhibition space there. Um, and I ended up just chatting with the staff and um, I said to them, you know, this is lovely. I had no idea there was a wee art gallery. And they said to me, well, if you ever want to hang your work in here, just let us know. <laughs> so we put a date in diary right there and then. And that was my first wee solo exhibition. So it was quite good to <laughs> kind of get a wee head start like that. But that's kind of how it's been ever since. I mean, I'm not sure what they would say, tutors would say, if they were to actually teach you how to get yourself out there and achieve your goals as an artist. But I found, you know, just chatting away, being friendly and being honest is kind of the best way. Um, and even for a while, I had um, a dry spell, I would say, a good few years dry spell. And that would have been... Um, just like soon after I had my own studio space um, and it was because um, I was working full time and I've always worked in retail um, as a lot of people end up doing I know a lot of art students do and that's like the dreaded thing when you graduate it's like okay so now I'm gonna go work at McDonald's <laughs> um, now that I have my art career um, so it was a lot of pubs and uh, restaurants and um, cafes and it's actually only been this past month I've um, not been officially working in retail um, I managed to get a position um, as a school and pupil assistant and that's been incredibly rewarding um, already and creative and um, I've really enjoyed that and I feel like the balance between um, general work and income and making art it is. It's so, so hard. And I've been trying to, I'm still trying to work it out. Um, and especially when events like Fun A Day rolls around, the amount of time I, I put into it and especially the lead up. So um, December, I must spend December, January, February and March working, you know, loads of nights, um, organising these spreadsheets, um, timetables, um gathering information about everyone and sharing it and doing these blogs a lot of it is so much work and the one year where I was working full-time at a restaurant and getting myself right into a pit and it was so good to have fun a day to kind of pull me out of it and realize this is exactly what where my talents lie this is exactly what I need to be doing and where I need to be focusing um, and then I managed to cut down to part-time in retail eventually and that opened up much more time to put into my practice and it is it's tricky going from full-time to part-time obviously financially but if you are able to give yourself time to create it's, it's so so important and even better if it's in your house your creative space <laughs> um, but yeah it's it's so tricky uh-huh yeah <laughs> So yeah, obviously, I mean, this time of year we talked about the Etsy local stuff, um, but there just seems to be like Christmas markets and fairs like coming out your ears at the moment. <laughs> like, there's just everywhere you look, there's, there's someone else has got one on. Yeah. Um. So how do you decide which ones you want to be part of and which ones are right for you and which ones are not, and mm -hmm. how do you make those choices? Well, you're absolutely right. They're they're everywhere, especially this year, and I just think it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, how good is it that? Um, Dundee has a, a big scene for local makers and artists to sell their work. It's fantastic. 
Um, and actually, it's only been this year I did my first market, um, which was um, at the Gate Church Cafe. And um, I, I, the best advice is to visit these markets first, if you can, and see them from the public point of view. Um, if there are people selling similar work to yourself, um, that doesn't necessarily always count. If you have different work, that could definitely fit in. Um, but to be able to see them firsthand and kind of gauge how you would set up your own stall, um, what you would need, um, is definitely important. Um, the Etsy market, um, so that's the first time it's come to Dundee. Um, they've been encouraging all the um, all these lo- places, Aberdeen, Edinburgh, to have their own wee communities of makers. Um, and so the Etsy market is supported by Etsy. Um, that is one advantage of that one. Um, and I became involved in that because of my shop and that has so much support and advice. Um, that one's a good one to get into. But all the wee ones, it's, it's important to um, talk to people who've sold at them before as well. Um, that's how I found out about um, most of them actually is through all the people I met through Funaday. Um, they all you know, explained that I sell at this one, this is what it's like, these are the dates. Um, if you can try and involve yourself as much and get these conversations going, um, but do go and look at them yourself. So what is it that makes a good market? Mm. <laughs> From your perspective as someone who would be selling work there? Kind of community. I think I'm, I, I might be hell-bent on the whole community and like friendly publicy type approach but honestly the the markets where a lot of the sellers interact and know each other um they have this really good atmosphere um as opposed to maybe ones that um kind of try and grab anyone from all these different locations and especially ones that include local um and don't push anyone out who may be quite a small business or small seller um ones that are open to people who aren't as official um it's kind of coming back to my approaches with fun a day how i don't think it should just be official artists taking part i think it should be open to anyone who's making just because they're they haven't officially branded them branded themselves doesn't mean that what they're selling isn't good Mm. um yeah yeah you can kind of tell um the quality of a market based on on those those points I guess <laughs> so thinking about the, the sort of wider context of the city of Dundee um, obviously it'll have changed a lot in the time that you've been here mm-hmm. um, but if you if someone was coming to Dundee for say the first time and they were exploring um, this is something I'm, I'm going to try and ask people a lot more as we go into next year in the podcast so I'm trying this question out to see how it goes <laughs> Um <laughs> Yeah, what would you recommend about Dundee to someone who's coming here for the first time? To explore it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, to explore it, to um, kind of find all the wee secret nook and and cranny pieces and bits around Dundee. So so what nooks and crannies would you recommend? Well, I, the first time I saw the studios and Wasps Art Studios building, Meadow Mills in Dundee, I was blown away. I had no idea that this tall building in the middle of the industrial part of Dundee had all these incredibly 
bright and create just these art studios. It's just amazing. Um, I first went there when I was running for the day and um, any arts that were walking around, I'd be like, can I please come see your studio? Um, I just have no idea what these spaces are like. I just want to have a look. Um, and they do do open open days. Wasps art studios have open days. Um, so going going into all these little spaces was incredible. Um, each one is completely different. It's kind of like walking through Narnia's door. <laughs> <laughs> like each time one of the doors open, you're like, you have no idea what you're going to get into. Um, there's there's um, a few designers in there as well, and their spaces are the colors and the way that they shape their creative space is insane. It's really, really interesting um, and very inspiring. Um, and to, I think it's quite a personal thing to see someone's creative space. Um, and the way people talk about it to you, and most of the time they're quite shy and they feel it's like they're holding back because obviously it is a personal space to them. Um, but I was, I was quite blown away by that. Um, that was a wee hidden gem in Dundee, I would say. So anything else you'd recommend? Mm. Dundee Law. <laughs> yeah. Law Hill. <laughs> yeah. I remember being taught in a, a lecture at Duncan and Johnson about how law, saying Dundee Law Hill cancels itself out because law is, yeah, is hill. I always remember that. <laughs> I learned one thing from <laughs> that we stint. Yeah, you shouldn't call it the Law Hill, it's mm-hmm. the law, because the law is mm-hmm. Scots for a hill. Yep, yeah. mm-hmm. yep. So no, you can see beautiful Dundee from up there. Uh-huh. <laughs> In all its glory. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah, well, let's wrap up there, but mm-hmm. um, let's talk about next year's fun a day. Um, well, I suppose, uh, are you going to, like, do you know what you're going to do for this year? Oh, myself. I keep yeah. changing my idea. <laughs> Um, I was going to do um, a series of mini paintings based on a certain topic. Okay. Um, but I'd, I've been, I do them a lot at the moment. I have a lot of um, commissions, and so I kind of feel like that wouldn't be as fun because it's, it's that's become work at the moment. It's still fun, but um, I I kind of want to do something a bit out there. <laughs> um, I might try and uh, dip back into sculpture. I give myself a project based on a certain plant and see how that goes because um, I miss I missed an installation recently I've had a, a wee itch to make something big and hang it <laughs> in a space so um, I think I might do that but it's, it's been quite interesting speaking to a few participants who've taken part before um, and I've been seeing them around Dundee and they'll be like oh, oh I know what I'm doing this year and it's so good to know that people even in September we're coming up with their plans for this year's Fun A Day. Yeah. Um, so please uh, send Fun A Day any um, ideas that you may have because it's quite, it's quite good for people who are struggling to come up with an idea to share your own. So if someone is listening and thinks, right, I want to get involved, what do they need to do? Where do they find out the information? How do they get started? Okay, well, Fun A Day Dundee has a website, uh, funadaydundee.wordpress.com. Um, I think if you even just start to type in a fun a day into Google, that might be the first thing that comes up. Um, and there's loads of information on that website, FAQs, things like that, testimonials from previous participants. Um, but we're also on Twitter, at fun a day Dundee, um, Instagram, fun a day Dundee, and um, Facebook. 
um, and you can message us directly um, or you can just kind of sit back in the shadows and <laughs> see what's going on um, and a lot of people are quite quite like that when it comes to the project and you might find themselves you know being more and more involved and yep having a voice and sharing your own project yeah. mm-hmm. but it's a nice wee community and we're we're happy to see what anyone makes mm-hmm and then the exhibition will be in, in March. March. Mm-hmm. March this year. And it'll yeah. be at um, Medemill, so Wasp Studios again. Yes, sure. it will be. Yes. Definitely not DC. <laughs> <laughs> Some people might change their minds eventually. <laughs> we'll see how the project develops. But at the moment, yeah, we're, it's it's for the people. It's it's not for me. It's not if yeah. I could I could decide actually no. I want it here. I want it there. But it's it's about what the people want. Yeah, I'm just here to. You know, help people achieve their dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and if people want to check out your personal um, mm-hmm. art stuff, where do they find you? Um, under Sam Baxter Art. Um, I'm on uh, Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook, and then my website is sambaxterart.co.uk. Great. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. So that was Sam. Thank you very much to her for coming in and doing the podcast. Um, I feel that's a really nice way to round off um, the last one of the year. And yeah, just go and do it. Just get involved. Um, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It doesn't have to be a big commitment. Just a little thing every day to get you being creative and kick off 2019 in a great way. And then you get to be part of an exhibition as well. Um, yeah, phenomenal. So go and do fun a day. And once you've got an idea for that, go to dundeedesignfestival.com and fill out your answers to what would make a city more livable and what would make your city more lovable. Um, Yeah, do that quickly because it's going to close. Start of December, it's going to close. So get it done. No pressure, but I want some good answers. Um, Yeah, and all the information that we collect there is going to be used to sort of inform what we do for the festival. So this is your chance to have the input right at the start before anything is really defined for it. Um, yeah, we want to know, so go and tell us. Yeah, and the the other thing that I mentioned at the start was the No Opinion podcast, so two episodes coming out next week, and they are centred around the V&A launch event that uh, we worked on with Biome Collective, and then the debate around what is art, what is design, where's the line between them, and a whole load of other stuff in and around that subject. Um, so yeah, um, it's at Agency of None if you want to keep up to date when that is coming out. Um, and then for the podcast, uh, I think this podcast, it just remains to say thank you very much to everyone for listening um, over the past year. It's been great. I've had some amazing people on. Um, I've got some amazing people lined up for next year as well already. It's exciting. And yeah, I think it's been crazy. I think we've had about 10,000 listens at least this year, um, sort of creeping up to that 20,000 listens overall, Mark. Um, Yeah, it's been phenomenal. Um, Yeah, I really appreciate everyone listening and hopefully you're taking as much from it as I am um, from all the conversations from the guests. So thank you for listening and please continue to do so and go and tell all your friends. Yeah, But um, for updates for what's happening next year, best place to find that out is at ccc dundee on twitter and on instagram or facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ccc dundee or you can search us on itunes or spotify yeah or any good podcasting platform but yeah um 
go and eat turkey or whatever you choose and have a drink and be merry and I will see you oh, I won't see you will I? you'll hear from me I think that's more accurate um, next year so enjoy the festivities get thinking on your ideas for fun a day and I will speak to you 2019 bye